Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. And it's your boys from, from uh, Ireland back again. It's Neil and Paddy. We've taken time to reflect. It's it, in a strange way. The Friday night game was great when you were looking forward to it because you only had a short, wait, a short window to wait for the game. But in defeat, it's been great that it was a Friday night. It's given us more time to get over it. And uh, we're talking to you here on a Thursday afternoon. So Thursday evening, should I say. And uh, I know I, for one, am well and truly over that defeat, and I'm ready and enthused for the Southampton game, which is the game we're going to be previewing for you today. Paddy, how are you feeling about things? How have you uh, uh, have you taken stock of the situation since last Friday night, and how are you feeling about it? Yeah, it's a strange time when you play on a Friday night. You've got a lot of mulling over it to do and looking at other results coming in over the weekend. I found it very strange that I had no real interest in watching games over the weekend. I watched very little football. It's just maybe it was just I'd had enough of it after Friday night. Um, I must say, in fairness to Leeds fans and a few of my friends, Leeds fans have listened to the podcast last week, and they didn't uh, didn't slag me too much for taking the piss out of them. So uh, look, it's uh, it's one of those things. We're going to lose games, you know. Yeah. It's one thing we're guaranteed of. So. Um, we we just got to deal with it. Uh, unfortunately, it's on a, a Friday night, so you've got all weekend to mull over it. Plus, plus another seven days till till the next game, eight days till the next game. So, we look forward to Sunday now, and and hopefully we can uh, we can get ourselves back on track. Exactly. Yeah, you spend all your waiting for a Saturday game, 
and we're just we're continually waiting i think we did it in the last podcast or the last preview podcast i think what was it i think it's brighton is probably going to be the first saturday game we'll have and you know probably that'll actually be a novelty to have a saturday game because long 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 enough aston villa were always at saturday at three o'clock which was great for fans and so on like that but we were never on tv which was also great for aston villa because previous to Recent times when more matches were on TV, <laughs> we never won when we were on TV. Remember when we were <laughs> Martin O'Neill team? We like literally it was a case of if Aston Villa were doing well and we're on a bit of a winning streak or a not losing streak, put them on TV, bring them back down to earth because they never perform when they're on TV. I remember, uh, I remember that was the situation, but um, yeah, and I suppose very quickly, uh, and I didn't have this in the pre pod kind of rundown, but um. Looks like that the the Premier League are going to roll back the the pricing. Or well, I love I love this how it's it it was uh, wrapped up in the Premier League pay per view. Premier League announced that there's going to be a pay per view piece uh, for fifteen quid a match, and then it's now Sky and BT are rolling back the price to five to five pounds or to buy five pounds to ten pounds. Essentially, and 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 it's framed as well. I the sun, the the that I don't even know what I should call it a newspaper, but right. the sun is like the sun. Then saying it's all because of fan fan fury and the way that fans are so up in arms about it. But no, it's not about that. It's about it's because it was set at the wrong price point. So don't blame the fans for being angry if you set something at a most ridiculous, greedy price point. Mm. <sighs> You know, it's not always the man in the street that you need to turn around, you need to give out to. No, at a, at a time where, we, where we're where we all missing football to, to exploit them for 15 quid a game, I think is the lowest yeah. that they, yeah, the Premier League can get. Like, it's not the clubs. It doesn't appear to be Sky or BT. They're not happy about it. Um, like I said, I said to a guy recently, if they said to me, okay, it's 100 euro for the season and you'll see every Villa game live, you just pay it. Mm, you wouldn't even think it. about it. You pay it. Oh, you. But you, you pay because for your they've done it the way you for your brother, and you know, like all your family would buy it. Yeah, I think so. But they've, um, I, I think they've just they, they they've managed to upset everybody with the price. So it's, I don't know how they can roll back from it because we're gonna by by this weekend we're gonna have three games, aren't we? On the pay per view. Yeah, and then you've had other, other teams that haven't been touched at all, which is really unfair. And a lot of people just aren't paying it. Yeah. It, for, it forces people down the line of streaming uh, streaming games and, and looking for other avenues to watch the game. So I think it's had a, a negative effect on, on the likes of Sky and BTT. But you know, I think something has to be done. I don't know what I don't know what they can do. I think it's Look. too late. Maybe the ship has sailed. But I, I, no, I think I think. I think my suggestion would have been the fairest outcome of them all. I I think I think there there's there's only two options left at this stage. It's and you know what it could be ruinous to to the to the Premier League itself, and probably the fixing of this problem could lead to this to the to the Super League the European Super League piece because look, call a spade a shovel here, all the money for the Premier League comes from the TV, uh, the TV money. Um, we're here and we're criticizing the fact that there's going to be potentially more TV money in the pot for the next time in negotiations. And we're saying that something needs to change. So sometimes, sometimes the temporary pain 
and changing the the status quo for the temporary pain may not be the right thing to do. Now, I don't. I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here, by the way. This this isn't exactly what I believe, but um, I suppose there is two options in my view, and one is. Uh, each club controls their own broadcasting rights like they do in La Liga. But then again, what's going to happen is that's music to the ears of Liverpool, United, Chelsea, Arsenal. The big guy, the rich get rich and the poor get poor um, in that instance. Yeah. And, and you, you just, for anybody who says that doesn't work, just look at La Liga. At least with Sky and BT, the, the pot is somewhat fair when you look at what it what it does on 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 a world stage it puts a team like burnley able to outbid who don't have the biggest fan base let's and that's not slagging burnley it puts them in a position to outbid a ac milan for a player or a marseille for a player or you know maybe even a benfica for a player because they have money behind them and like birmingham isn't exactly the tourist destination of the year either nor is burnley but like, if you're outbidding teams like Milan, like Marseille, like Benfica, uh, money money is what you have, you know. And if, if they don't have money, it's going to be a problem. So either it goes to goes towards something like that, or else it goes to something like the NFL Game Pass situation, whereby the Premier League controls all the broadcasting rights and the pot is distributed evenly and you pay 150 quid or 200 quid as you said yourself for 100 quid a year and you get every single match regardless of whether it's home or away and you have it on demand and you can watch whatever game Aston Villa are playing and the money then gets redistributed so of that 100 quid let's say 80 quid of it goes to the club or 60 quid goes to the club 20 goes to a, a good cause and 20 goes to the FA you know, something along those lines. There, there's, mm-hmm. There are ways and means around it. But I think the devil you know maybe with the TV company and much knowledge I give out about Sky and BT and their coverage, potentially the devil you know for the guaranteed money that it brings in is better than the devil we don't know but what the clubs would do themselves or what the FA would potentially do with a Game Pass type app. Yeah. I just did my whole rational thinking there. I didn't, I didn't, that was, that's how my brain works there. No, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't anything that I pre-prepared. Um, that didn't was even me trying to talk my, it, Yeah, but it was, it was me trying to talk myself into one argument, out of it, into another argument, out of it, and then coming down on, trying to come down on both sides there. That's, that's why I never get anything done. Because that's how I that's how I uh, how I try and rationalize things. But anyway, we're not going to sort that out between the two of us, Paddy. And and just for anybody who isn't aware, talking of games, um, eighth of November, Sunday, the eighth of November at seven fifteen on a Sunday, we will now play uh, Arsenal. So it's been rescheduled for us to play Arsenal at that stage. Um, I would imagine that will be carried for TV, uh, purposes most likely on Sky Sports. Likely. I would say. Yeah. Uh, and we, just, we've just, had we've had all our best nights at. Uh, <laughs> at that slot so yeah. hopefully you'll have another one on uh, on Sunday week Sunday 7.15 um, is, is, is a nice one for us alright <laughs> um, Paddy we had a game during the week we did we had the behind closed doors friendly yesterday against the Baggies apparently we won 3-1 there's no there's no footage or anything anywhere but uh, uh, Keenan Davis Traore and funnily enough Taylor was amongst the goals, considering he hasn't scored a goal in his career. But um, I'm sure he scored a couple of in friendlies. But uh, it was a, we, it was an unusual one to see popping up yesterday. Are we sure there isn't a young fella called Taylor from the under 16s that was given a run out? No, front? no, it did specific no. unless unless his name is Neil as well. <laughs> it definitely said Neil Taylor. 
Good solid name, that Neil. Good solid name. <laughs> um, so three one against the baggies. Yeah, uh, that's that's always good. You know what I like about this this coaching staff is they do tend to have a lot of behind closed doors. Well, I suppose every game is behind closed doors, and maybe that's why it's easier to do it now because every stadium is available, and and you know it's probably easier. There's probably less restrictions. I I I don't have a clue what these restrictions are. But it's probably easier for them to play a game from a restrictions point of view. Uh, than it is to to probably get a big mass uh, training session done or something, um, but they've they seem to have played a couple of midweek games, midweek behind closed doors games. I know they mm-hmm. played uh, Coventry, and uh, obviously they've played West Brom, and I think they played somebody else in the middle of a week, uh, and I can't remember um, who it was. I know they played United yeah, and Arsenal as well. We played Leicester. Leicester, it was. Yeah, yeah. played Leicester um, too. And like behind closed doors is the way to go, especially when we're looking at a team now that's more than likely not going to change too much firing suspensions or injuries. So it's good to get good quality game time, you know, for, for the likes of Traore, Taylor and Davis that were you know, on the score sheet. You don't know who else played. But for guys like that who were on the periphery to be to be getting game time is important. So... Mm-hmm. um. Obviously, a valuable exercise. I can't. I can't imagine any of our starting um, eleven on on the weekend on Sunday. Is it? We were playing yesterday, but you know that remains to be seen. But I would imagine it would be a mixture of the under twenty threes plus plus players who would have been on the periphery, the likes of who we mentioned, the Lansbury and a couple of others. Maybe Connor probably got a run out. Um, maybe Gilbert, Jed Steer, all of these kind of guys. John Engels for someone like Engels, yeah, get match yeah. fit. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we probably never find out who played, but you know, it's a good sign that we can go and beat the baggies, albeit it might have been their second string as well. So time will tell, maybe. Now, I'm going to deviate again from our our pre-pod uh, rundown. It's interesting. The fact, do you know, Paddy? Our scouts allowed go to games. Are teams allowed to send a scout to a game? Not a behind closed door one, no. Are they, no, but like let's just say Villa Leicester were scout were um were were Leeds allowed to have a scout there? No, I I know Leeds aren't don't really mind whether they're allowed to have a scout to <laughs> games and look at um, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, are teams allowed to do that? I, I think I remember seeing somewhere that they that it's I know that they can't send them to underage games. I think somebody said that, that you can't have a scout at an underage game or you can't have a scout at a lower league game. Um, I remember reading a thing about um, Dean Hammond, uh, Aston Villa looking for a loans manager at the moment to go and to work with every everybody who's out on loan. Um, so they're looking to obviously strengthen up their their uh, network of, of teams in the lower leagues that they can loan to. And I read a thing, an article by Dean Hammond who played with Leicester and uh, he was Leicester's loans manager for... Um, for a few years i think he actually might still be and he was saying that in this current climate at the moment now that he finds it i think he said that he isn't allowed to go to games to watch the the players that they have out on loan because that would be his job to go and watch to make sure that they're that they're being um being looked after and also that he would go and watch teams and then approach those teams and say we've got a, a bunch of players that we want to loan out would you be interested because they might suit their style of play the reason i ask Freddie, there's the reason i ask is 
is the fact that Villa are the fact that there isn't you, you can't get as many eyes on things and you can only get like TV broadcasts and video footage of matches. Could that have contributed to the fact uh, to how Aston Villa have caught teams cold early like Liverpool and Leicester? Um, because, because if scouts aren't there, they're not going to see the work that Ross Barkley does. They're not going to see. I suppose maybe I'm going to answer my own question. Actually, I'll let you answer because I'm, I'm, I'm doing all the talking. But, but what do you think? Well, do you think that's, uh... Probably not the, the example that you're using there because um, bear in mind that we would have seen Premier League games that Leicester and Liverpool played since the start of the season before we played yeah. them. Um, <clears throat> to the best of my knowledge, because things are so tight, even if you look at the footage from Villa Park on match day, the players need a ticket on their phone to actually get into yeah. the stadium. It's yeah. mad. So um, I can't imagine there's any... But now, there was a couple of games where you'd see the likes of Gareth Southgate sitting in the crowds. Um, I know Ian Taylor has been in the crowds. Uh, Tony Daly has been in the crowd. So, yeah, that's true. you know, I presume they're there on, a, on media duties of some sort. Um and then obviously it's it's whatever the England manager decides to do. If he's going to go and watch a game, he picks his game. And you know, I, I don't know what there's. I know it's two hundred here for elite games. I presume it's something similar in the UK to keep keep the the contact down with with um with players and media and whatever else. So um, I would imagine that there's nobody at games that doesn't need to be there at the moment. Yeah, that does make sense. It does make sense. All right. Um, I suppose really as I was talking I kind of in my own mind answered my own question and it probably doesn't matter because the amount of statistics that Opta that uh, our stats perform um, who I think go on Opta now um, the, the the amount of information that they can tabulate and give to clubs they can literally like like is, is phenomenal so the traditional scouting method obviously is still very, very pivotal, but I suppose team setup, team like the, the tweaks that Dean Smith made to, to the team's setup since since lockdown, um, they would probably be picked up, I think, on statistics. But it's, it might be an interesting one. It could be the dynamic as to why uh, certain teams are finding it difficult to break down other teams because, you know, it's it, football is becoming very much a kind of an information business. Uh, everybody wants to get the next big, next next best thing for the cheapest price. That all comes mm-hmm. from statistical analysis, data analysis, and 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 uh, and uh, traditional scouting methods. And it's it and every team wants to have the upper hand on another team. So if you can um, strategize against that team and, and build t- towards beating that team, obviously if you've got if you've got different platforms, different methodologies, different uh, models that you can you can try to mitigate what they're what or find out, I suppose, first of all, are plus points and mitigate against them, then you know you're gonna have a better chance of, of beating them. Um or you're gonna at least have a better idea of how to beat them, whether you can implement it or not is another thing. But no, it's just something that flew into my mind there. Uh, and and the reason that that I want I was thinking that way is that we're playing against Southampton this weekend. Another top quality segue from me. Um, we're playing against Southampton at the weekend. And Ralph Hasselhutl is noted for his weird and wonderful setups, his weird and wonderful methodologies. And Southampton themselves, when they obviously they, they, they've started to take like transfer market really by storm, I suppose, or they did previously when, when they were buying players, they adopted every type of methodology you could possibly think of. Um, 
We're playing against a good Southampton team, a better than good Southampton team, I think, at the weekend. But it's a team that when you look down through it, they're very much a, a workmanly like team. What's your views in Southampton, Paddy? Uh, barring the obvious threats that Danny Ings poses uh, up top, what's your views in them as a team? Have you seen a lot of them since since lockdown? Because they're, I think, they're like the second uh, most informed team in the league, or the third most informed team in in the league since lockdown uh, ended back in July. Yeah. Um. Like, I mean, they're a really good football inside. They've obviously got a really good coach and a really good manager in there. Um, some of the stuff that I read, the players have spoken since since he joined the club. He has some, as you alluded to there, some weird and wonderful ways of, of, of getting the best out of players and coaching players differently. Um, they're not a team of, uh, of superstars by any means. You know, they have some really good pros there, you know, and the likes of Danny Ings, James Ward pros, Nathan Redmond, Stuart Armstrong, Kyle Walker Peters. But then then there's some that, you know, that are the likes of Vestergaard and Romeo and those that we wouldn't have heard too much about. Um, you know, they 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 started poorly. They did a couple of a couple of defeats to start with, um, against Spurs and Crystal Palace. And I thought maybe the bubble has burst with them. But you know they came back fighting. They beat they beat Burnley, West Brom, and then Everton again at the weekend. I saw a bit of the game at the weekend. Um, as I said, I didn't watch too much football, but by the time I switched it on, they were two 0 up. So I uh, I didn't take much heat of it then after that. Um, but you know, I think I think Shea, Shea Adams has scored a couple of goals after having a fairly barren um, period as well. So. You know, have they got two strikers there now that are capable of of, um, of causing trouble for us? Yes, probably. Um, other other than that, you, you're just looking at how they're set up and, and and how you know how diligent they are. And I think that's just you know an established Premier League team is going to do that. They're, they have their way. They're, they're going to stick with it and they're, and they're going to see it through. Similar to ourselves, you know that we you know we have our system. You can't see that system being tweaked too much. Um, you know, the, it's it's kind of it, it's a funny. Um, it, I, I would call it maybe a four-three-one-two that they play with Ward Prowse kind of kind of having a little bit of a free role in behind. Um, you know, Redmond and Armstrong, very good players. Danny Ings, you know exactly what you're going to get. He can pull a goal. He can go missing for eighty minutes and then score a couple of goals very easily. So uh, he does exactly what you'd expect of a striker. Um, I'm expecting a decent game. I'm expecting I'm expecting it to be tip for tat end to end. Um, you know, like, like what uh, like what what most of our games have been. But um, it will be interesting to see. You know what, what whether there are any changes the weekend. I know Shane Long absolutely adores playing against us, and I hate the side of him. So I'm hoping we don't see much of him at the weekend because he is a, a knack of scoring against us. But you know, other than that, I don't think we'll see too much change um, in, in what they've done so far. They, they've got their act together after the two early defeats, as I said. And I'm expecting a tight game. I'm expecting goals, but I'm expecting a tight game. Yeah, Southampton are. It's not been a happy hunting ground for us for a long period of time. We've lost. Uh, we we haven't beaten them in the last six meetings. You know, between the sides. Uh, Southampton definitely have the momentum from that point of view just, just against Aston Villa two of the more disappointing games we played last season were against Southampton as well um, yeah. 
uh, yeah, absolutely. They, they definitely were. Um, uh, like the, the one around as, Christmas time in particular, really, oh, really, uh, really killed us off. Yeah. I, I think that was that was one of the podcasts where I went on directly. I was doing it on my own at the time. I went on directly to to do a pod after the after the show or after the game. And I let rip, and I it was one of the most one of the first out of control emotional podcasts I think I ever did, and I was just downright angry. Um, I don't think I had very very ha- very nice things to say about Freddie Goodbear's performance and that, but uh, yeah, <laughs> so um, it was definitely one of those ones. I, it was one of those ones where after I was finished, and I put it up about about half an hour an hour later, I went, "Fucking, I might take that down because I think I ripped, <laughs> I think I ripped in a bit too far on that one." But um, no, I I think look a lot of a lot of the media that are out there, you know, and, and I think look, we, we saw it ourselves. Gabby had had a had a piece up saying that Leeds were a myth and so on like that. And I think that a lot of the media have pushed back and said, well, Leeds are after beating you three 0 or Aston Villa myth. No, was was the start of their season lucky? And I think it's up to this team to to turn around now and to and to prove them wrong. Like we shouldn't be daunted. We shouldn't be daunted by um. Uh, we, we shouldn't be daunted really by by any team that comes that we come up against this year with the start that we've had. Yes, Leeds found an Achilles healer, they found a soft point in our armor um at the weekend. The big thing is to not let it happen again. Uh, just because it happened once doesn't mean that we can't adjust to it. And like this team, I, I'm really looking forward in this game. Big pieces I'm really looking forward to in this game is I'm looking forward to the battle down the right hand side with Matty Cash. I'm looking to see how we uh fair against their their uh how we actually play do we get the ball wide an awful lot crossing the ball into the box against Bednarek and Vestergaard Vestergaard is a hulk he's like Andre the Giant inside there he's he just has that does like he's just a big big boy their strikers I I are their their defenders I'm actually worried about them in two areas I'm worried about them um roughing up Ollie Watkins uh, up top and if Watkins can't get in around them, if we can't get Jack a bit more central, and if they push us wide, I'm a bit worried about that point of view because if we're crossing the ball into the box, um, they're very well. They're, that's what they want. That's their bread and butter. But I'm also worried about us conceding from set pieces and from corners because uh, Vestergaard is very good in the air. Ben Rack is very good in the air. Romeo is, is is pretty decent. And and you know they've got some good deliveries there from from the guys. You know, War Prowse can deliver the ball. Stuart Armstrong is a is is a has been a big thorn in team side since he's come down from from Celtic. You know, a guy who I didn't think would transition as well to the Premier League as he had, but he has. But he's he's played very well for Southampton, and Southampton fans really like him. And obviously, Nathan Redmond there on on the left wing will be a great matchup with with Matty Cash. Um, look, we know Danny Ings finds his way into the box, and he finds he finds himself free in the box. So I think Douglas Louise is going to need to be on it an awful lot uh, during this game. It's not an obvious one where I could say that this player needs to stand and this player, this need player needs to mark here because you just don't know how, how Hasselhoodl is going to set up. But it is going to be very important. I think we're going to go back to the same situation where we've got two eights as opposed to... Um, so I think Barkley would be a bit more withdrawn in this game. Um, mm-hmm. Not something that I'm sure is, is, is a good thing because I think that we're going to need his height going forward a small bit. But um, and I think potentially we did that against Leeds as well. We didn't push him up after after strike was taken off and uh, Shackleton came on. I think it was Shackleton came on and he moved this small bit forward. I think Barkley trying to press back to kind of track him. Whereas if he'd stayed where he was, he could have exploited a bit of space. But if if and buts were candy and nuts and all that stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see what way it sets up. 
um, on Sunday. Do you have any prediction, Paddy? Do you? Um, I'm going to go a three-two win. Ooh. Right. I think I think the mitigating factors of what what you said about the you know Ward Prowse can pop up and score a free kick. Um, his delivery is excellent. I think that I think they will score. Um, you know, you've Walcott to come in there as well, who likes playing against us yeah, too. Um, Nathan Redmond likes playing against us too, given his uh, his um, Birmingham days. So, um, interesting to see what way what it pans out. But I'm, I'm going for plenty of goals and a Villa win three two. That's interesting because I'm going for two two draw. I think I've backed a draw nearly in every game this year. I think I'm 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 offensive. You do one. <laughs> yeah, I'm due one as right. So I, I'm going to go with a two two draw. Um, Southampton have scored at least two goals in their last three games, and I think that uh, I think we may concede again. If if we don't concede, if we keep this to nil, we will win. I, I'm I'm I, I think because I think yeah. we'll score goals on this team. Um, yeah. But uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Last last week isn't that a jot, a jot off my optimism? Yeah, we got it out directly after the game, and it was what it was. But uh, you know, we're back up in the horse again. Southampton is a game that everybody should be looking forward to. We've got Arsenal, and then we've got a bit of a break again. Um, and as as we've said before, listen, we're only what six weeks away now again from the uh, or eight weeks away, should I say? Uh, from the the transfer window opening again, so let's just get through these games, pick up as many points as we can, see where we are, and splash the cash again in January and see what happens. But, um, yeah, so I, I I I'm looking forward to Sunday, and I'm looking forward to it. it's a nice early game. I pity the boys in um over in the states that are going to have to get up a crazy yeah. in the morning. I know the lads in Toronto. I saw Brett had up that they have. Uh, I said toast and jam. So they've got plenty of tea and toast and jam. So their pub is opening up early for them to serve them tea and toast and jam. And then pints will be flowing from 9 a.m. And if that if that was if you weren't interested in moving to Toronto to start a new life, pints at 9 a.m. is always a good a good advertisement for me. Uh, because you can't get pints at 9 a.m. in Ireland and most places. So uh so that, so that's always a good thing. Um, thanks very much, Paddy, for dropping for popping on. Thanks very much, everybody, for listening. Um, as always, you can find Paddy on at Villa Paddy. Oh, before I go, the Irish uh, AVFC Irish Lions, uh, the last run or the run of their jersey is finishing up tomorrow, Friday the 30th. Um, by close of business for tomorrow, Friday the 30th, you will not be able to order another one of these shirts. So if you like them, if yeah. you saw the if you haven't seen what they look like, go, uh, check out the Villa View after the Leicester game. I was wearing it on that. Um, they're a really good shirt. They're for a great cause. They're for the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland uh, in memory of Ron Smith. Dean Smith uh, has, has gotten a, a, a jersey and sent us back some signed ones as well. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's for a great cause. They're very reasonably priced. And uh, as I said, tomorrow is the last day. So get in your orders. After tomorrow, you won't be able to order them. And Philip won't be able to get you one uh, via the back door either. So uh, <laughs> it's a case of it's a case yeah. of speak now or forever hold your peace. So you and they're good. Them. They're a good. They're a good fit for. Uh, yes. We call them. Yes. We call them stadium fit. They. Yes. Uh, they're old style. If you if you wear a large, a large will do you. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, but check it. Check out the guys' Facebook pages, and the links are there. And I'll tweet out a link in a while as well, and we'll uh, absolutely we'll um, see if, there, if there's any more. Want them just before we close tomorrow, yeah. but uh, as you say, definitely for a good cause, and uh, it's you know it, it's a banger of a jersey. It's it really is. So uh, get get your get your wallet out. It's uh, 
it's payday. Go exactly. and buy your jersey. <laughs> Go and get your jersey. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's for a great cause as well. So, as I say, you can follow Paddy on at Villa Paddy. You can follow me on at Love McGrath Pod. Uh, please retweet the pod, follow it, subscribe it on, uh, to it on, on Apple Podcast or whatever podcast provider you use. I'm blown away by the amount of listens, guys. I like. I genuinely can't believe the amount of you guys that have interacted with the podcast. I mean it every time I say it. It's just fantastic to see. And and, and like some of the messages, some of the direct messages and stuff like that, that that I get are just so nice. And I thank every single one of you for everything you've done. It's fantastic. And and this positivity is 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 keeping the ball rolling for us as well. And long may it continue. And long may the positivity on the field for the team continue as well. So thanks everybody. Here is to a fantastic game at the weekend. Hopefully to another three points and another three points towards uh, towards European football, winning the league, safety, whatever your lofty goals are for this team. Um, but all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.